What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Starting up, that will be your work week and uh, your Monday, 17 July, right here on BNA Show of the People. Recapping a great weekend for individual performances. Steph Curry, how about Steph Curry? Hole in one on Saturday, and then Eagle on 18 to win the event out in Lake Tahoe. He's fantastic with those wedges, by the way. What a clutch. I mean, there's a clutch performance gene that he has for sure, and special athletes have it. He certainly does. And I feel bad for Marty Fish, who was uh, whoever the joker was that screamed in his backswing on 18. Is Hopefully he gets his someday. That's ridiculous. Just can't do that. I mean, say what you want about it. You can scream at, at other games, but this is golf. It's quiet. Guy's in the middle of his backswing, and somebody hollers at him. And uh, he ends up hitting an errant tee shot there that I don't know if it cost him because I mean, it did. It actually did toss him. He needed a, a couple points, and he could have held off Steph Curry. Uh, oh, it got him. For sure. Your buddies ever do that to you? The Texas cheaters? They, ever? They, they don't. They don't do that stuff. Somebody may sneeze by accident or something, but nobody out of their way goes. Rip one or that. something. Well, you're not allowed to do that <laughs> when when getting ready to tee up. Now, you do that before. Hold it. You can do that before a part. You can rip one. Yeah, I, we yeah, can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. back off the putt like Rory did. Rory backed off of some a couple shots in that that last sequence, like twice the win. He just wait just waited waited it out and before then he took the two two iron out. That was awesome. I mean, I that again, and then he had to wait on the putt. I mean, that was he was waiting on Tom Kim. Tom Kim was having a field day. He like me. <laughs> he just was all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously to play, and that's you know, Rory's going to get the accolades, and why not? But he was unbelievable down the stretch to win that tournament, and we'll get to details coming up in our headlines. But you know, Robert McIntyre to shoot sixty four on a Sunday in that wind and to hit that shot was God. amazing. I mean, the mental toughness there to be locked in on every swing—it's so difficult. Uh, you know, amateur hackers know just how difficult. I mean, because again, in that wind, you make a bad swing; it it is penalized. There's no, t- and badly. no telling where it's going. That's right, really. And you shoot yourself right out of it. Uh, this says Viva Mexico. Yeah, Mexico won the uh, Gold Cup yep. with a one 0 win over Panama last night. This says rookie contracts for running backs should have no limits. Absolute garbage for the NFL to allow this. And you know, it's it's the market. But look, if you're a running back, I mean, think about it this way: the the top six rushers in the NFL last year. The top six, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook. Those are your six leading rushers by yardage in the NFL. Well, Josh Jacobs is on the franchise tag and unhappy. He's not, you know, he wants tr- whatever is going on with the Raiders. Derrick Henry is going into the final year of his contract and doesn't have a new deal beyond that. Uh, Nick Chubb, same thing, going into the final year of his contract, won't get a new deal. He'll be dealing with this next summer, Right. Um, Saquon Barkley is in the middle of a fight right now with the Giants that could go to the deadline today at 3 o'clock. Uh, Miles Sanders had a great season, finished fifth in rushing, and then hey, signed away with the Carolina Panthers right. for a low-dollar, low not, not a big-dollar deal. And then Dalvin Cook has, of course, been released and still hasn't landed yet. So, you know, it's still a, an important position on a football team. You've got to stay healthy. Yeah. it's just a big, But as big, they big, say, big, we're on the field all the time. 
And obviously the teams respond with it by saying, wait a second, the Philadelphia Eagles, we just won the, or the Chiefs and the Eagles, we just played in the Super Bowl, two best offenses in the league, and we don't have a running back making much of anything. We just do by committee, and you know, that's just the way we do with Our committee is called the guy who takes the snap. Yeah. Those yeah. two teams. Well, I mean, the Eagles have three running backs, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Boston Scott. I mean, and the Chiefs went with the rookie, Pacheco. I mean, it's just... And that's the problem, right? So if you're, and this is why the, a lot of people frowned upon the Bijan Robinson draft pick by the Atlanta Falcons, saying, "Okay, he, by talent he might be, and you may you're going to use him, but three, four years from now, you'll be in the same, you'll be the same level as everybody else." Now they say that uh, Bijan is an ultimate weapon, and they're going to use him in all phases. And but it's one of those Cowboys did it with Zeke Elliott. I mean, if you're going to take him in the top five or top ten, kind of got to be ready to sign him. Which is the Texter's point that. Maybe the run. I don't know. I, I don't know what you how you can rig the market to change it for running backs. It just it's just the. Market. It's all wait and see how they do. You can sure. I mean, you but, can call but, them but weapons. Look, and, Austin Eckler, who's a key, integral piece of the L.A. Rams offense or L.A. Chargers offense, we know that. Running, I mean, he's met a contract the way he. I mean, his numbers show you that. And he's he's pointing out, and he's not pointing out individual players. We're saying I'm making less than the third receiver on my team. And look at the numbers that I have. The real numbers that yeah. I have. I mean, come on now. Um, and so you can understand their frustration. Uh, so there's, I don't know what the answer is to it, just like we're talking about this early signing window. Well, the early signing window, Eve, for me is, you know, when, when you do that, and now high school coaches would say, you know, I don't see anybody, you know, taking it easy. If you sign in August, you got to give me a guarantee. You can't you give me, you know, these one-year, these one-year um, scholarships, you got to put that up to, you know, three, four years. Because if I get hurt, if I sign with you early, you got to guarantee me. You know, if I sign in August and I go play my high school and I get hurt, you need to guarantee me that I, you got a That's scholarship. The, you're right for about me. that. You're you right need to do that. You need to do that for me. If you if you want me to make that that choice, because I don't see a lot of kids that are, are are dogs once they got a scholarship somewhere. And if they did that in August, but a high school coach would say to me, "Well, you don't have to coach them." Well, you just announce games. You don't see what I have well, to I do on the field. And we'll do more of it in coach's corner because Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, at odds with Steve Sarkeesian because Greg Sankey, he's not a fan of it. And he's pointing out that, hey, y'all, when we get to an expanded 12-team playoff and we're going to have a recruiting right in the middle of it, or you know, we're playing the biggest games of our season, somebody did say maybe, maybe that would help with some of the parity in college football. Could, if, it if really the, could. I mean, if, if the best teams that are making the playoff all the time are maybe hit by recruiting a little bit. because and everybody can't afford a bigger staff. When people say – well, just get a bigger staff. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. Well, and he also said not only is December miserable for our coaches, April, May, and June are now miserable for our coaches. Oh, yeah. Because, again, it used to be January into February when recruiting would, would be at the its, oh, it's all moment. year now. Yeah, we'll hear from Greg Sankey coming up. He did address – remember last week on Friday we talked about and had a buck off for the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 who said that Texas w- was moving to the SEC. I mean, this was on Radio Row at Big 12 Media Days, the deputy commissioner taking shots at Texas and OU on the way out. One saying that Texas is leaving because they'd rather lose to Alabama and Florida than lose to K-State and Iowa State, which, okay, whatever. But then he said that in, in his assessment that Oklahoma was the reluctant bride, the reluctant bride in this move, that they kind of followed Texas into the SEC. Greg Sankey had a pretty strong rebuke to that coming up from uh, the Texas High School Coaches Convention, which opened last night. Hey, let's get to the other headlines, though. Trending topics, get you caught up as you're up and out on a busy Monday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with Major League Baseball. A lot of great finishes yesterday and over the weekend. A couple of them in, involving the Texas MLB teams. La, uh, first one came in Arlington yesterday where Josh Young's clutch two-run single capped a four-run eighth-inning rally that helped the AL West leading Rangers rally past Cleveland for a 6-5 win and a three-game series sweep. 
then in Anaheim last night. Now, a night after the Astros blew that huge lead and lost to the Angels 13-12 in the Slugfest, second-place Astros returned the favor. They pounded five home runs over the last two innings, including back-to-back homers from Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker in the ninth, lead the Strohs back to from a 7-3 deficit to a 9-8 win. They take two out of three from the Halos in that series. Rangers lead over the Astros in the West, still standing at three games. Uh, break up the Round Rock Express. They finished off their series sweep in Tacoma yesterday with a 5-1 win. They're going to roll back into Dell Diamond, open up a homestand on Tuesday. 21 games over 500. A pair of high drama finishes across the pond yesterday as well. In golf, Rory McIlroy birdied the last two holes in a whipping win to vault past Robert McIntyre and win the Genesis Scottish Open. Birdie on the par 3, 17th, and then an incredible shot on 18. Rory delivered what he called the best shot of the year for him, a two-iron into that 30-mile-an-hour win, stuck it to 10 feet, made the championship clinching putt, and that's his first victory on Scottish soil. Uh, Rory will take a ton of confidence into the final major of the golf year coming up uh, this week at the Open Championship at Hoylake. In London, meanwhile, an absolutely brilliant men's final at Wimbledon, world number one, Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz won his second Grand Slam title this year, did it by outlasting the seven-time Wimbledon champion Novak Djokovic in five incredible sets. 20-year-old Spaniard denied the 36-year-old Serbian's quest for a calendar Grand Slam in 2023 and a fifth straight win at the All-England Club. Gritty win for Austin FC Saturday night. Yazzie Zardes and Ethan Finley scored unassisted goals two minutes apart in the first half. That led Austin FC to a 2-1 win over Sporting Kansas City, their third straight win at Q2 Stadium. The three points vaults the Verde back into a tie for fifth place in the West. They did come at a cost, though. Some injuries. Uh, Sebastian Driussi left that match with a tight hammy. Uh, Danny Pereira suffered what appears to be a sprained shoulder. And Emiliano Rigoni will miss a month with a sprained knee. Uh, in soccer also yesterday, Mexico top Panama 1-0 to secure the Gold Cup. Uh, incredible scene on South Beach last night where Lionel Messi arrived through his new team at Inter-Miami. The MLS squad introduced Messi to a frenzied crowd of sellout, uh, sellout crowd of fans. Introduction came after the sport's biggest star inked his new deal with the club. Speaking of new deals, Tennessee Titans have agreed to terms with only a two-year deal with wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. You know, it, it, it does. If, if kids sign in August, I mean, we're going to have that you know, that deal where a kid says, well, I got a scholarship to such and such. I mean, am I going to play my senior year? I, I, hate to see, I hate to see kids that are going in their senior years or whatever say, I'm not, I'm not going to play football. We've seen it. Yeah, where a kid decides not to play his senior year. Uh, Jaden Blue for the um Yeah, I don't want to see that happen in high school. I don't want to see that happen in high school football. I don't want, them, I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want college football on Friday nights, but I, I don't want to see kids that are have opportunities to – to go play their senior year with their their teammates and just be a senior in high school, say, uh-uh, I'm not well, doing it. I'm not going to take that, this in chance. That short amount of time, we saw Quinn Ewers opt out at South Lake Carroll to go to Ohio State, and then Jaden Blue was down there in the Klein area in Houston as the number one running back in the state, and he, I think he got in a conflict with the coaches a little bit, uh, and that was part of it. And he he sat out his senior season and then enrolled at Texas early, and he'll be a part of that Texas running back. Rotation I think you'll see more year. of that if he did it in August. Unless you you had guarantees, and that's I mean that's yeah, again I don't know the answer to the early signing window. I don't think there is a, a a perfect solution, but I think Greg Sankey has a great point. I mean I think the more we when you expand this playoff and you're already saying well it's December's already crazy, right? You're already losing losing assistant coaches. You're you're trying to decide on on staff as a coach. You're getting ready for a bowl game uh, now. If you've ch- and if gosh if you're a program that's changed out coaches, yes, man, you're. You're drinking through a fire hose trying to get to that recruiting window in, in on December 21st. Well, now you throw on top of that playoff games for the 12 teams that make it. 
I mean, I don't know how you do that. I mean, I don't know how you, you know, build your your recruiting base. Now, can you have it all done? But at the same time, if you take your eye off the ball in recruiting and you're getting ready for playoff games, you know, I, again, yeah, I, I know, but I'm I'm not going to feel bad for the teams that make it to the playoffs. Yeah, well, about their recruiting. But again, Greg Sankey's the commissioner of the SEC. Well, he's he looking knows, as a whole. Yeah, like we could have three teams in there. And oh, four. We yeah, we don't need. Believe me, you're going to get four. We don't need those teams having to try to recruit while they're playing in these games. And uh, again, but again, Steve Sarkeesian was in stark contrast, pointing out that wait a second, we, you know, more than half of our class was were early enrollees last January. What? When are they supposed to sign? Uh, how do we? How do we find a, a, a middle ground, which is what something Sark mentioned. That uh, brings us into our coach's corner. It's brought to you by uh, our good friends at AV Consultations. Let me tell you this about uh, today, Buck. Today is, big, is SEC Media Days. Yep. Greg Sankey made the appearance down in Houston and then spoke to the Texas high school coaches who were assembled there. And then he peeled off and he flew to Nashville where he'll be there today to open up SEC Media Days. If you're paying attention, today it's LSU with Brian Kelly, Missouri with uh, Eli Drinkwitz, and A&M will be there with Jimbo Fisher. Now, Jimbo Fisher was not there last night, by the way. He was not at the Texas High School Coaches Convention. He had a family commitment, and his uh, defensive line coach, I think, made the, the appearance for him. Uh, but Jimbo will be at Big 12 Media Days today, and they'll do three teams today, four tomorrow, Wednesday, and then three on Thursday to wrap it up there in Nashville. Uh, I wanted to play this. Can we play I sent you some town, sound, T.Y., uh, to, to get some, uh, some thoughts? And this is SEC Commissioner... Greg Sankey, last night in Houston, when asked about the Oklahoma, I mean, again, the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 saying that Oklahoma was a, you know, kind of unwilling bride in this move to the SEC, that Texas kind of bullied them into the SEC. Here's the, uh, the, the response from the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference who negotiated the move. Buffering, sorry. All right, well, uh, it's trying. It's trying. The computer's trying to work. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just tell you what he said. Uh, he said that's he, – he, he elaborated and said that uh, that's fiction, pure fiction, not true. I've negotiated the deal. Um, but so not sure why the computer won't play. But, uh, yeah, he said fiction, not true. Um, defending Oklahoma, saying that's absolutely not true. Both, both presidents – well, here, okay, down we have it. Here we go. That's fiction. Period. That's fiction. Um, the outreach was from both equitably. Uh, it was done at a presidential level, directly and clearly. Uh, and Joe Harris and Jay Hartzell were both equally clear about their interest in joining the Southeastern Conference. They, as I recall, said, we've watched how you've led, which was a compliment to me, how our group has made decisions how we function and they want to be a part of that. There you go. There you go. It's fiction. And I, I think, and we talked to Tyler McComas on Friday from who covers Oklahoma and does a show up there in Oklahoma City saying the same thing. Like, come on. Oklahoma was begging to get to the SEC before Texas. Absolutely. And they've, they've seen themselves as a natural fit in that conference even before Texas came to that conclusion with Jay Hartzell. Um, you know, this is this is not something new for them. So again, I those 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 comments from the deputy commissioner of the Big Twelve were so curious. They just don't make any sense. Uh, no one is in agreement with him. Uh, yet he, you know, he's a high level. Which is this is why Texas fans and Oklahoma fans are concerned about what's coming this year. That are we about to get the oh, yeah, screw job from sure these officials? Are. Are we going to get a fair shake on this thing? Uh, on That's our what way I'm saying, out? when you beat them, you got to beat them good. Yeah, 
if you're Sark, I, I mean, look, if you're Sark, you better be open to be have your eyes open to that. That you know there could be some 14 penalty to none games, and we got to still win it. Uh, because look, you know Brett Yormark. The last thing he wants is Texas playing Oklahoma in that championship game in Arlington. And that's the, the way the, out. that's what we all want, <laughs> right? Um, you know, the, he he was proud last week of that. You know, last two years, neither of those two teams have been in it, right? I mean, Oklahoma's dominated the Big Twelve Conference. Longhorns were in it in twenty eighteen. Well, last they couldn't have years, been any happier for TCU. Yeah, last year's TCU was a national contender, and obviously K State won it. Baylor and Oak State the year before. But, yeah, I mean, Texas is picked to finish first. Oklahoma's picked to finish third in this year's conference. We talked about Oklahoma's schedule is very friendly. And, uh, yeah, when you you got a conference deputy commissioner saying things of that, that they're, I mean, that's something that a radio host would say. That's something that the guy doing the radio show from Kansas City would have said, uh, not the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, which, uh, you know, come on. And there's the, the stern rebuttal from Greg Sankey. Also wanted to play this because it was cool to see Mac Brown. It was Hopefully you got a chance to hear it. On Friday, Craig Way had an interview with Mac Brown to start his show Friday because uh, Mac Brown was a special guest of the Texas High School Coaches, and he did a Q&A with Craig last night in front of the assembled you know, thousands and thousands of high school coaches at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Uh, but he also did a media availability, and here's him talking about the return of the Texas, Texas A&M game in 2024 that Mac was a part of so many times, including the final one that Texas won. Here's Mac, and at the beginning he addresses the uh, – the member of the media who asked the question and had to set him straight a little bit. Now, what's your name again? Travis Brown. Travis, uh, I have to say it's the Texas Texas A&M game. Yeah, Travis, I got in trouble. I coached at OU, so when I first got to Texas, I said, yeah, the OU Texas game. God, I thought I was going to get fired because <laughs> uh, I forgot you're supposed to say your school first. Uh, it is a great game. It's one of the best games that I've ever been involved with. And, and because it's all about the state of Texas, it highlights high school players in the state of Texas. It highlights high school coaches in the state of Texas. Uh, football in this state is unbelievable. High school football. It's as good as there is anywhere in the state. And, and um, that game highlights it. And, and that's what I thought. And unlike the Texas OU game where it split right down the middle, the, the Texas, Texas A&M game's got all families mixed and um, – at both stadiums when, when they go. And I, I just thought it was one of the coolest things to see that many families joining together. And to show you the power of it, my family used to watch the Texas, Texas A&M game on Thanksgiving when we were kids, and I didn't have any affiliation at all. But the, the game means that much. And I, I really hope uh, one of the things that I hate about realignment is we've lost some great uh, rivalries. And, and I hope this one gets back together. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, one of the, the common themes with the Texas move to the SEC is the rekindling of rivalries. While we lose the likes of, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is going away after this year, and Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State made that pretty clear. Uh, we're losing more and more of these rivalries. We are also, in this case, gaining yes. them back. The, the ability to play A&M every year, uh, Arkansas every year, Oklahoma, of course, will be ongoing, but... I mean, you know, fans, you know, kids, kids today, uh, you know, you don't have an opportunity to, to see that game every year. Uh, and Greg Sankey did say last night that, look, we've been pretty, we've been pretty good about keeping our rival games together in the SEC. And I'll say this over and over again, but ESPN didn't help facilitate this move without some type of guarantee that Texas will play Texas A&M sure. every year and they're going to be able to put it on ESPN because uh, that's going to be a highly rated telecast each and every year. Uh, and they want that as part of this huge investment they're making in the Southeastern Conference. The Oklahoma game is annually one of the highest rated games from the Cotton Bowl. 
uh, A&M would, and Texas would join that. Now, look, if it's not Arkansas every year, and it's but it's A&M and Oklahoma each year for sure, I think Texas fans would be okay with that in Arkansas on a rotating basis um, to, 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 to shake it up. Because remember, the, the SEC, if you're just coming back to this conversation as SEC Media Days fires up today, the SEC is still planning on, on eight games uh, for this year, yeah, they for 2024. Yeah. They're only doing eight conference games starting next year. They, they do eight this year, they'll do an eight next year. Now, Greg Sankey was clear to say from their summer meetings – We'll revisit that in our meetings next year once Texas and Oklahoma are officially members of our conference. But as of for 2024, in that first season, the schedule's already out. It's going to be an eight-game schedule. So uh, yeah, that I, makes it harder. I don't understand why they're a deputy commissioner. I mean, that's just kind of silly to me, those kind of statements. You I mean, two of the founding schools in your conference that have been around for a long, long time have decided to, to move elsewhere. Everybody can't move elsewhere. Everybody yeah. can't go yeah. because if it wasn't Texas, if those were offered to a, uh, to whoever, they'd say, "Okay, we're gone. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all." Yeah, no, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's going to settle down. I think I don't think it's over yet with the Big Twelve trying to poach some of those schools out of the uh, the Pac twelve still. Well, there's no doubt and they that, need they need them. And uh, there've been there've been rumors that before the summer's out that Colorado and and UConn could jump into the Big Twelve. Uh, that that could at least announce it, right? Because typically it does happen the, in the summer months. And, you know, the, the wild card is Arizona. As you, If you, you know, read between the, you know, the reporting out there, Arizona, you know, they're kind of tied to Arizona State, and they're not sure. But Colorado, by all accounts, wants in. They want to play in the Big 12 moving oh, yeah. forward. And UConn, there were reports from Big 12 Media Days last week that UConn, that Brett Yarmark maybe was going to announce UConn. And then the, the question is, UConn doesn't want to join as just a basketball-only member. If they're coming, they want to be football. They want to be all at, all sports, right? And your Mark's idea is, well, that's the East Coast. That's you. That's Connecticut. You bring East Coast market and television eyeballs, and then basketball is huge, and football can grow with the investment that we'll make in football. Uh, and UConn at times has been a good football program, uh, not often, but they can They have been. Gonzaga is still out there as a basketball only option, and then Colorado would obviously. So if you're the Big Twelve, you could add those two: Colorado from the West. UConn from the east, and uh, as Texas and Oklahoma move out, you could add those two, and you're still playing in a 14-team conference. Yes, you would. And you got the prime time. And yeah, you do need if you want UConn in for football, you can just pound the living dog crap out of them every week. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a win, they weren't as bad last year. Oh, yeah. well, it's Jim Moore Jr. right, coaching yeah. the UConn now, uh, and so he's trying to build that back. And obviously, we always say once you join a big conference like that, you make more money as a program, so you have more money to invest in your. In your facilities and your your program to grow it, but yes, they would be l- a yes. lesser light in the conference than that. But they're the defending national champions in basketball with Dan Hurley, so they're pretty good, pretty good in that regard. And look, I mean, to have another team in the Eastern Time Zone to go with Central Florida and uh, you know West Virginia, um, you know, on that side of you know Cincinnati, uh, those are you know you want teams in, in in all time zones if you're selling the television for basketball, baseball, and all of your sports. All right, we'll come back. There's some uh, Texas High School Coaches Convention conversation with Mac Brown, Greg Sankey, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, his whole staff are down there as well. Uh, we'll come back. We'll pick up that, plus the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. There was so much great uh, scintillating Wimbledon final for the men's side. Also, uh, Rory McIlroy, pretty incredible yesterday. Steph Curry, really incredible yesterday. Uh, a lot of good stuff. It's uh, Good, Bad, and Ugly Monday here on b It's Bucky and Aaron.
Busy Monday on B and E. Glad you're with us. Said E. Wish you'd at least mention the scores for the Texas Smoke women's professional fast pitch softball team that plays in Austin. They're leading the league and have some former UT players. Those of us fathers who spent years on the Bucket Brigade catching softballs from our daughters would appreciate it. The Bucket Brigade, nice. Well, I would for certainly glad the uh, to give the, the scores. I don't know Absolutely. where to find the scores. I guess I go to the. I guess they have a website. I didn't know they were playing, so I mean, I can only report what I can find, and it's uh, let us know where to get it. Sure, for sure. Or and you know, I'm sure they're a growing sport, uh, team, and you know, they, if they have a uh, lots of locals, if they have someone who can send us scores, we'd for sure glad to report the Texas Smoke. I love the name. Uh, yeah, and I have to report on the WNBA All Star Game was fantastic with Brittany Griner scoring 18 last night. See, get yourself some of that. Was she the MVP of the game? I don't think she was. I think somebody. I don't think she was the MVP. I don't. But she will be MVP, MVP of the league. Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. The comeback player, comeback player of the year. Not. I don't know. You were saying MVP last week too. I throw MVP and no, it's not going to be the MVP. It's going to be the comeback player of the year. All right, it's a Monday. By the way, we're talking about Greg Sankey and his appearance at the Texas High School Coaches Convention. Sankey, of course, the commissioner of the SEC. And uh, we talked about it last hour, but the, him to his defense of high school football on Friday nights. And there's a headline that, that, that that's going around this morning. It says the SEC commissioner takes a shot at the Big 12 over possibly trying to move more Friday football. Greg Sankey himself, from his own Twitter account, actually responded to that and said, I recognize the fun of the headline, but that's not accurate. I've been consistent for years with the message about our support for high school football. It's not about a college conference other than every conference needing to support and strengthen high school football. So he was disagreeing that he took a shot at the Big 12. But this is on the heels of the Big 12. Brett Yormark last week saying that they want more Friday night games, to which Greg Sankey was in adamant disagreement with that, saying, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. we need to embrace Friday night for high school football, not encouraging people to watch or go to college games on Friday night. And so he's against that. But he said it's not a shot at Brett Yormark. It's just a shot at the – it's my opinion on the whole conversation that we in college football should be doing everything we can to protect Friday night to be high school football. With the commissioner of the Big 12 and his – other little minion wouldn't wouldn't they? I mean, on a on a year, if something special happened with Texas, wouldn't that help them? I mean, because it, it would happen on a year they're still in the Big Twelve, or they just don't want it. They would rather have them just fail. They'd rather have Texas and Oklahoma just fail. What's the question? When you when you want some, if if Texas can have a special year, wouldn't you be excited as the Big Twelve? To have Texas, Texas on their way. Oh, I think I, no. I don't think a lot of them would. Be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, the last but it, would, it wouldn't go into the SEC's record as as something special. It would go into the Big Twelve record, right? Well, look the, here; it's kind of a neat bookend conversation. Win the first Big Twelve, the second Big, or the last Big Twelve, mm-hmm. and you, know, you were part of the first one on the coaching staff in '95. But you know, I don't think there would be a lot of excitement for that in the league office. Just my nobody guess. pumping their chests out at <laughs> hey, they were in the Big Twelve when this happened. If yeah. I mean, special year would be getting to the you know. And the last thing they want is Texas facing Oklahoma in that game. Oh, for sure. I want that so badly. I mean, I, again, I don't. Come on, Sark. We got to have that. Um, I mean, it would be great, and that's where everybody will be mindfully watching the officiating this year. And there'd be a record crowd nature. in Jerry's world. There'd be a record crowd. And this look, if you're Sark, I think you have to go in knowing that they're they're going to be rooting against you. Um, and you need even to, better um, because I think I think for a lot of people. Within the Big 12 Conference, the, the anger has dissipated, the, the understanding, But at the same time, not for everybody. And you heard it from the deputy commissioner. Man. Last week. 
on radio, Bitter on mood. record. He didn't just say that. This wasn't recorded like at a no. happy hour the night before. This was on a radio show that, you know, and obviously Greg Sankey adamantly disagreed with his assessment of Oklahoma as an unwilling bride. And, um, you know, you say what you want. But Texas and Oklahoma, two of the top three favorites to be in that game. Um, it says, you're awesome to mention the Texas Smoke. I'll email you their stuff. There you go. Now I have a link to the Texas Smoke website. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate that on the text line. Uh, but on the uh, the Friday Night High School football conversation, Buck, that's centered around Brett Yormark saying we want to play more Friday Night games. Which, again, I mean, I understand why Brett Yormark wants to, but I think he's a little tone deaf on that, Buck. I mean, I, I've been in, in praise of Brett Yormark for being aggressive. And, yes, you want to be able to put primetime, standalone Friday night games in front of your TV partners because they tend to get good ratings on that. But as I said earlier, man, think—I mean, when Texas and Oklahoma leave, who's going to become the new standard of the Big 12? It's going to be a TCU or it's going to be a, a Texas Tech. Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. Well, you're going to play Friday night game in Lubbock when there's high, Friday, Friday high school or TCU when there's high school football going on all over the Metroplex and you're going to make those fan bases decide what game they're going to go to or pay attention to. That's what no, they're trying to— No, somebody's not going to be happy on that. Yeah, I mean, Friday night in West Texas should be for high school football. And if you put Texas Tech playing a home game against Baylor on a Friday night because it's good for TV ratings, then that's infringing upon the high school game. And I don't think anybody could deny that. I mean, I understand in a bigger market, you know, Brett Yormark comes from New York City. In New York, you, there's a million things going on on a Friday night, so you don't really worry about that. But in, in Texas, Friday night is high school football. And, it's, you know, there are some coaches that don't like the whole Thursday night game thing because there are plenty of no, Thursday right. night games now that, that – you know, are played, but uh, you know, a school in Texas, a conference that has got a lot of Texas-based teams embracing a Friday night concept, that's not going to go over well with the Texas high school coaches, and that's what this convention is all about. I mean, you've got Houston, and you've got TCU, and you've got Texas Tech and Baylor. I mean, these are all Texas schools that are going to not want to have that home game, or even if their teams are playing on the road. I mean, the fan base then has to to decide, and I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm with Greg Sankey in his defense of Friday night football. You know what today is, Buck? National Tattoo Day. You have one tattoo, correct? Yeah, it's a big dragon. It's a butterfly. I've seen it. It's kind of dragonish looking. Now, I, I will. I actually, I'll confirm because I believe you on your story here. Yeah, I wasn't there for this event years and years ago, but you say you went in to get a dragon and you ended up with a butterfly. I pointed at the dragon. <laughs> I ended up. And where is this? At? It's on his back shoulder on, blade. Yeah, it was on. I, it was a tattoo shop on Guadalupe. Not far from Trudy's, where the old Trudy's were you, was. Were you sober? I was. Enough. I was sober. Yeah. So you. Th- I knew the difference between a dragon and a butterfly. Chair thinking you were getting a dragon, and you came out with a butterfly. Yeah. Were you, I, but were I did like butterflies. Off? No, I was okay. I like butterflies. No biggie. Is, if you'd have seen, if you'd have seen dude putting it on, I wouldn't go back and arguing with him. Come on, dude. Well, once it's in. <laughs> yeah, really. Once you got it, you got it. Ty, you have any tattoos? I have two. Two? Two and a brand. Oh, yeah, you got branded that one time. Dang. The things we do. I just found out the other day, not the other day, recently, that my middle son, Nolan, has a tattoo on the inside of his lip. Oh. Oh. Come on, Nolan. He got that Ooh. when he was 16. What does it say? It's a smiley face. Oh, okay. Oh. Because I said, why'd you do that? He says, I just wanted to do it. I was like, all right. Well, why'd you do it there? He said, well, so you wouldn't see it. I was like, I wouldn't have been, like, come on, man. I tell you, when like, I got, When he was 16, he thought I'd be mad about when it. When I got branded, my dad was pissed off. I was also like 14 years old. Well, I would be pissed if somebody branded my son and they allowed it to happen. I would not be okay with that. Now, you were at a campfire situation, correct? It was a ranch, yeah. Hmm. Coat hanger. Campfire. 
Uh, coat hanger? Yeah, that's a throwdown there somehow. Jesus. So what's it a brand of? Texas. The state? Yeah, Texas Forever. And it's, it's on your too butt big. cheek? No, it's on my back. Oh. Takes up like half of my back. Yeah, that's 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 unwise. And then I have a Vince Young tattoo and a stupid arrow I let my cousin give me. <laughs> <laughs> National Tattoo Day. I'm probably one of the few people that uh, live in this city that do not have a single tattoo. on my No body ink for yours truly. None. And that's okay. You know, I'm 50 now. It probably won't happen. I will also confirm on my honeymoon years and years and years ago, Buck, I almost did have a tattoo. Because I was close almost, to it. I was almost convinced after we were in, in South Padre Island, and it was almost convinced to go do it. And it was a Sunday evening, I believe, or maybe Monday on our honeymoon. And I was like, all right, finally, beaten down, let's go. And there was a tattoo shop not far from where we were staying. But guess what? Past 10 o'clock, closed. Closed. That was it, huh? Like, sweet. Don't have to do it. I huh? once drove to Houston in the middle of the night because there was a tattoo shop that was supposed to be 24 hours, and we drove from Austin to Houston to get it. They took off that day? I know. We pulled up, and they were, clo- they were close. <sighs> That's a drove right spontaneous back. thing to do. They decided to, Why decided to close up. Because we were looking up, you know, it was late night. We were like, let's go get tattoos, and there was no- nothing in Austin You drove open. three hours? So we were like, let's drive to Houston, and we got there like 7 a.m., and it was close. And so we just got some Whataburger and drove right back. <laughs> okay, Ty. Uh, every day, man. Every day, a new story. That's good. I was going to get a shamrock book. If you were wondering, I had finally said, okay, what am I going to, cause that's, I was like, well, I don't even know what I would want if we're going to get a tattoo. Um, I'll get a shamrock. That's good luck. There you go. Get it on my ankle or something. Shamrock. I'm Irish. Aaron go bra. Let's do that. That's fine. But uh, didn't happen. Saved by the closed by the time. That was good. Yeah. Those things started to droop. I'm 68. That butterfly is starting to, that couple of those wings are starting to droop a little bit. Somebody said, Ty, we need a picture of the brand for the Twitter board. Yeah, I'm for that. Can we do that? Can we get that sure. out there for the show of the people? They want to see care. your coat hanger brand on the back. I, it's a good, it's a good icebreaker. Who who made the coat hanger into a, enough of a shape that that you can tell what a it very is? Very artistic girl that I was interested in. Oh, you did it for a girl. Well, then I yeah I I, I you did it for it. the affections I owned of it a lady. After, and then I started football that next Monday. Oh, the coaches, the coaches was... loved it though. It was or at least they acted like they did. They were probably laughing at me behind my back, but. It was a good time. No regrets. Specs text line busy this morning. Appreciate you being there. It says, totally agree with you on the Friday night thing. Huge Big 12 fan and Baylor fan, but do not want games on Friday night. It just it just seems wrong. And I think I, hopefully Brett Yormark changes that, that, that any of the schools in the state of Texas will be playing home games on a Friday night. It's just Thursday. You can't take away Mac action, can you? Yeah. I mean, Thursday I get, and that's already been very popularized, but Friday has not. No. Now, there's typically a Friday night game the weekend of Labor Day, right? The weekend of the first weekend. Because I know typically we do our fantasy football draft on a Friday night before the first Longhorn game, and there's usually a Friday night game on. And now, again, that's the, the only one I can think of, but I don't, I don't think that should become popularized. And I, I, I think Mac Brown was against it, too, last night when he was down there. And obviously, Mac, we always know that when, he knows. when Mac Brown won the national championship at Texas as the head coach, the first group he thanked were the Texas high school coaches. Because he, you know, ninety ninety five percent of their roster came from the state of Texas, and they just won the national championship. So uh, said, wouldn't happen without you guys developing these players, and um, then this is your championship as well. But yes, I mean, you got to preserve high school football. Brett Yormark, I wonder if someone gets to him and says, "Hey, man, you got to come up." I mean, well, I got again, my, this again, says I got his my job wife. to make as much money for people as he can. Yeah, my, it says I got my ex wife's name tattoo. <gasps> Never go name. I don't think you go name, do you? Unless it's mom. Mom. Yeah, you can go That's mom. about it. You can go mom, right? That's it. 
Yeah. But if somebody sees it upside down, it's wow. <laughs> Both are interesting. Wow, mom. Um, yeah, no, you can't go with Betty Lou or any of that kind of stuff on you. It says, it's okay, four reasons why not to get a tattoo. It hurts, there's blood, costs a lot of money, and 30 years it's not going to look the same. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I see a lot of people with these huge, and it's it's a lot of art, man. And those are that's not cheap, and that hurts. And My dad's very tatted up. Is he? What's that going to, well, I just always thought, well, what's that going to look like when I'm 70 years old? He's got a he's got a nice stretched out tramp stamp, like a, a, Your tri- pops does? a, a tribal tramp stamp. He was big in the tribal, the 90s, he kind of got into that. Tribal. What does that mean? It's like, like tribal style tattoos. Okay. Tramp stamp. That's on your lower back. It's not the Westlake tramp stamp that's talked about on Saturdays on Big Ugly Tailgate. Though. Uh-huh. Johnny, Johnny Rogers got one of those. What? Well, we always joke with him saying that he has a, a big W for Westlake on the tramp stamp. Does he? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe not. <laughs> Johnny won't give it up? JR on the, that's tradition. the Big Ugly Tailgate? Come on, man. Yeah, National Tattoo Day. So get you one or. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm becoming a minority as far as people who do not have tattoos in the in the great city of Austin, Texas. It is more and more the thing. And not just one or two, because I've always heard from people that once you get a couple, you just want to keep going. Well, people my age now get these, like, it's, like, weird where they'll get, like, a bunch of little tattoos over their arms and legs. Like, it's not, like, one cohesive tattoo. It's just, like, a bunch of little images. It looks like Harry Styles, if you've seen his tattoos. I have not. It's very stupid, and I hate it. Not seen Harry's, no. I've not seen Harry's. No. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. But, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. National Tattoo Day. We'll come back with more of the Hot or Not topics of the morning. These are things we've missed halfway through this show. It's been busy already. We'll be at halfway point at the top of the hour. Also, reset those headlines. Scintillating finishes all over the sports landscape uh, yesterday and last night. Major League Baseball, Wimbledon, golf. We'll get to all of it. It's B&E on the Horn. What's hot? And what's not. What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot not our mid-show feature. We'll be at the top of the hour. We'll be halfway through our Monday edition of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. But uh, some stories we've missed, including this bug. No one hit the Powerball Saturday night. Oh, yeah, it's moving. The Powerball and the uh, Mega Millions. Mega Millions, both. Uh, tonight's jackpot, an estimated 900 mil. Nice for Bob right now. do some now. nice things with that. Tomorrow's Mega Millions up to 640 million. Do a lot so, of nice things for a lot of people. That's exactly right. How about this lady? A woman in Missouri recently was scared. She was driving two bolts of lightning hit right next to her car. She was freaked out. She pulled into a little quick trip place and probably did like change her pants or something. But uh, like the lightning struck real close. And she ended up buying a lottery ticket, Powerball while she was there, won 50 grand. There you go. She gets struck by lightning, then she wins 50 grand. What a day. I'd take that. There you go. Good day right there, man. By the way, I would get a tattoo with my mother's name on it at this time of my life. Your late mother? Yeah, I can. With my late mother. Where would I get it? On your heart. I don't know. I don't want to do it in places like my arm because my skinny little arm gets skinnier and skinnier. (laughs) Where would you go? It, I mean, that's I, the place. I, I mean, think right here is a good, like where I got this. Yeah, right in your inner, yeah. inner forearm. My yeah, by your, or by your wrist. Or people, it? people see this and they think like somebody died, but it's really just the date of the national championship with VY. I think I'd put her first name. I think I'd put Rena's name on there. Rena God instead Bolt. of mom. The late great Rena Godbolt. Yeah, I love I think that. I'd do that. It's a good idea. That's a good, tri- good, tri- good tribute. Uh, by the way, also on hot or not, before Ty leads us through it, you know what opens on Wednesday? Wednesday, two days out. 
New York football Jets training camp. New York Jets training camp with a guy named Aaron Rodgers. And they're they're the first team in because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game on August the third. Oh, does that mean Hard Knock starts in two weeks? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two days. Yeah, two days. Wait, it's so, well, two days. It'll be aired in a, in, a, in two. Yeah, weeks, so. Hard Knocks usually starts early August, like the first episode. Then it airs through August into September, and the season starts. So yeah, Jets are the Hard Knocks team. Uh, they're playing, by the way, in the Hall of Fame game. They're going to play the Cleveland Browns. That'll be a rowdy crowd because obviously the dog pounds about forty minutes away from from Canton, Ohio. Uh, 45 minutes away. So I didn't know I didn't know Cleveland was playing that. So you know, Deshaun Watson, they won't play in the game, but they'll be the storylines leading up to the Hall of Fame weekend and the Hall of Fame game. So the Jets going to camp tomorrow. Also today, SEC Media Days will start, Buck, and Jimbo Fisher. Be interested to hear from Jimbo today. Uh, what's his state of, uh, of mood? something stupid. think so. Well, Brian Kelly will be there too, and Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, who's the head coach of Missouri. Those are your three featured teams on this Monday to start it they got four more tomorrow with Auburn, Georgia, the defending champs, of course, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky on Wednesday, and then Thursday wraps up with Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee. I didn't know this until I just looked it up, Buck. They're, they're having the SEC media at the same hotel that we just stayed in when we were in Nashville Are last they? month. Yeah, the Grand Hyatt, right downtown, right on Broadway, uh, about 10th and Broadway. It's a great hotel, close to everything, so that's where the uh, SEC media days will be held starting today. Sweet. Uh, full show. For sure. So that's pretty cool. I'm hot on that, and I think everyone would be. That's always some news made out of those situations. What's Nick going to say? He's got to say something. Saban's Wednesday. That'll be a featured attraction. Got to have something to say. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear from what Jimbo says. Um, I know. I'm like Ty. He's going to say something ridiculous. That we're all going to go really. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm going to say we're going. Look, I mean, Jimbo's Jimbo's going to get peppered and asked about the you know Bobby Petrino hire. The offense. I mean, but last year was a terrible year for Texas A&M. Like it was off field, on field. Oh, the the off field ridiculous stuff of who's in control of that place was, and that's that was hard. That was hard on the program. That 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 had to hurt. I mean, when you when you when didn't when they leave, didn't they lose like twenty five guys? Or, it or, lost a, yeah in the twenties. A lot, of, a lot of roster turnover. Now, now, Jimbo Fisher would tell you that a lot of that was bottom end of the, the depth chart. We still have our whole offensive line back. Our best receivers are back. Our quarterback is back. Uh, we're going to be better on defense. I mean, they, they still have some holes, especially a linebacker on defense, I think, at A&M. That, you know, that Anthony Hill you know, ended up at A&M is big mm-hmm. for Texas, and that it leaves a hole at A&M in that spot. But you know, they feel pretty good about the personnel at A&M on offense. I mean, they feel pretty dang good. Uh, you know, they took some lumps with a young offensive line last year that should be better. And if Bobby Petrino is as advertised, whatever you think of Bobby Petrino's behavior, you know, the guy knows offense. The guy can script plays. The guy can, you can know, get your numbers. He can dial it up. And they've got Evan Stewart, and they've got, you know, two really good returning receivers. So they've got uh, offensive line. They've got a quarterback. So, you know, they're. Bobby Petrino would have to come in there with not much ego, right? I mean, he can't be over. Oh, exactly. Can those two guys check their ego at the door? I think everybody, even A&M fans, are wondering, how's that going to go? And it might go good at Big 12, at SEC Media Days. Right. But then how does that go when it gets the— When the practice and the heat of these, these yeah, summer middle practices. of the fourth quarter and things things are heating up. That's going to be the real telltale. Because, again, I, I think most people believe that Jim Jimbo Fisher didn't want to give up the play calling, that he was forced to give up the play calling. And so when you do that reluctantly, how much do you actually give up the play calling, right? And Bobby Petrino didn't come in here to— Listen to Jimbo, or at least you know, not call play. So uh, I'll be very interested about how that goes. But if things go well with them, that offense can be 
It can't be worse than it was last year, I guess is what I would say. No. T.Y., what do you have for us in Hot or Not on this National Tattoo Day? Um, I sent both of y'all a picture via text. Uh, okay. there, was a, there was a big meme of the Chicago Bulls logo Yeah, that happened over the weekend. It's a new logo. Take a look with it upside down and tell me what you see. An, a- an alien from outer space? What is it doing? Look at the first slide and then look. The first slide? I posted this on Twitter at Texas Guy Tie for any of the listeners out there to look at, but it's a lot of people are seeing a robot that's kind of on top of a crab. On top of a crab. Okay, I could see that. Or driving a, a spaceship bit, yeah. of some kind. But now I can't unsee it. So <laughs> Yeah, that's the new Bulls logo. It's a it's a mean looking bull. I'll give it that. A little darker shade of red that I'm used wow. to for the Bulls too. It'd be mean. I guess you're not seeing it quite as well as I am. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna I, I look at it on your Twitter. So it's AI. a little bit upside down. It does look <laughs> yeah. like. What are you? So you're, you're seeing a, a robot a, on a crab? A robot having sex with a crab. Oh, I see. Well, now I can't unsee that. Okay. Yeah, once you see that, you're done too. You're right. Now I see it on both sides, upside down and right side up. No. All right. Well, we're back. We roll on. We're halfway through a Monday edition. That means two more to go. A lot to do. Resetting those headlines. What a finish at Wimbledon yesterday. What a finish in golf, baseball. Uh, pretty good stuff. It's beating on the horn.